All right, all right. This is the Big Kid Show. I'm Mr. B, and thanks for kicking it with us, even if it's just for a little bit. With me in the sandbox today, we got two of your favorite Big Kid legends. We got Big Nick, the general expert. We got Sweetwater Shazbot Mark. And today we're playing top three. Thank you, boys and girls. Welcome and appreciate the applause. All right, we're playing top three. You know the drill. We've done it before. We're back at it again. Today's topic is top three true crime documentaries of 2020 to present. Ooh. So we're going a little new school for the first time in a while. Get modern. Right? All right. True crime documentaries have been more and more popular, and the production value has increased exponentially. The big kids are huge, huge fans. Huge, huge, huge fans of true crime. Huge. But, hey, we're not into committing crimes. And luckily for all the listeners out there, our own Big Nick, he knows his way around true crime and true crime documentaries. He's even been a few of them himself. He's, he's a little bit famous. <laughs> hey, Big Nick devotes most of his time to the Big Kids Show, but he does have a small part-time job as the co-host of Very the amazing small. podcast, True Crime Garage. Love it. Go listen. Yeah, the show writes itself. I have to spend yeah. very little time yeah. on that show. Yes. Yeah. So because so because we have a fellow big kid with so much insider knowledge on true crime, everybody wins today. It's a win, 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 triple win, 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 win. All right. So grab your remote, popcorn, and Sherlock Holmes pipe and detective's hat. And I've always wanted to say this, Big Nick. Grab a chair. Grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Whoa! Documentaries. Yeah. Hey, because we're jumping into our top three true crime documentaries of the 2020s. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to the show. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell Mark his hair is awesome. Whatever you want to do. Hey, huge thank to all the big kid listeners out there. You guys are awesome. Thanks for sticking with us. We're coming at you every Sunday. All right, Big Nick, you won the pre-show coin flip. You kick us off first, buddy. All right. Well, lock the doors and hide the children. Here we go, boys. We're talking true crime and it's never pretty, right? And it's usually scary. And so for my first pick, my number three pick, uh, I went with a, a criminal, a documentary about a criminal who scares me. Um, and he, the reason why he scares me is because he was notorious for breaking into people's homes in the middle of the night in a very stealth-like manner, and then assaulting and unfortunately killing people once inside and then leaving with their valuables. So I went with a documentary called Night Stalker, The Hunt for a Serial Killer. Mm. And this one was featured on Netflix, and it came out in 2021. And rightfully so, the rating is TVMA. And this is one of those docu-series deals, which I find that I tend to like the docu-series a little better. And I think part of it is that, you know, sometimes these stories, you can't tell them, you can't package them and tell the complete story in a simple one hour or even 90 minute time frame. Agreed. So. I like when they do the docu-series because it kind of breaks it up into chapters and it reminds me of the old true crime books that I've loved for all of my life. And I love that I can watch a chapter, set it aside and come back to it either immediately afterwards and binge watch or set it aside and come back to it tomorrow night or even next week. So went with number 
three night stalker the hunt for a serial killer this is a story that takes place in the city of los angeles and a serial killer that stalked these neighborhoods around the greater los angeles area for a while the thing too that i love is like the old school detective work that is on display in the stocky series when originally they have no clue who this dude is and they figure out that he wears a very unique shoe and he's leaving the shoe print at the crime scenes. That's how they knew yeah. right away that the crimes were connected. Me. And it was something silly. Like they figured out that only like 13 or 14 of these shoes were sold in the, in Los Angeles during that year. It was the APHIS shoe, um, a V I S. And so this shoe is really the cornerstone of their investigation early on. And then it's the old school fingerprints and things of that nature that lead them to looking for Richard Ramirez, who we later learn is the Night Stalker. This was four episodes. Each one's about 45 minutes long. And I, the thing, here's the thing. I read the book back in the day. I knew the case really well. So sometimes I become a little snobby and I'm like, eh, I don't know if it's going to be worth my time, <laughs> right? Sometimes the juice ain't worth the squeeze, boys. And I sat down and decided to watch, like tune in for the first 20 minutes and out of boredom, right? And I found myself right away getting pulled into the story. The one thing that drawed me in, one thing that really drawed me in was how much I like one of the detectives and uh, Gil, Detective Gil, I believe is his name. And he, this dude is, yeah, Gil Carrillo. He, this dude, he's charismatic and he's old school, kind of shoots from the hip, tells it like it is. He, this dude should be on TV 24 seven. Like I, (laughs) I could watch a lot of Gil Carrero. So, uh, the night stalker, the hunt for a serial killer on Netflix. That's my third pick. Love it. I saw that one. That was a great one and quality choice. Big Nick for your number three. So I have not seen that yet, Nick. So I'm going to have to put that on my watch list because well, that one sounds very intriguing. And for all the listeners, the reason why we picked uh, 2020 to present is there's so many awesome true crime documentaries. Oh. And we're only in 2023 right now. End of it, of course. But just amazing podcasts out or podcasts, amazing documentaries out there. So Marcus, mm-hmm. hit us with your number three true crime documentary from 2020 to present. Number three. So we're going to get weird right off the bat here, gentlemen. Um, And I'll actually credit Mr. B because I believe him and his wife are the one that told me um, Uh about this documentary. Should I be worried? I think you should. Um, Because everybody knows we've got meat eaters and we've got vegans. And then there's bad vegans. So (laughs) bad vegan on Netflix. Fame, fraud, fugitives. It, this documentary to me was such a strange like story um but i mean essentially you've got the the main character so to speak sarma melangelis i'm probably butchering her last nope, name you but, nailed it all right perfect uh, <laughs> she was the owner of a new york city vegan restaurant called pure food and wine and she ends up meeting and then marrying a con man whose name is anthony strangest um, who he had called himself Shane Fox as a part of it. And basically this guy like just extorts insane amounts of money from her. Like, and 
I think they even start, if I'm they start one of the episodes, it might have even been the first one, with a conversation that they're having. And this dude is just so manipulative. And I think it's one of those things where, like, when you really hear stuff like that, because a lot of times with some of these, you know, when we talk about people getting swindled out of money, you're like, well, how did they fall for that? Like, what, what were they doing? Because she had a, a great restaurant that all of her employees loved her. It was very uh, popular, too. Very popular. A lot of celebrities were were frequenting it. And she basically ended up embezzling a lot of the money from the restaurant. And it, 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 like the whole staff got screwed over. It, it's basically just a big hodgepodge of mistakes after mistakes after mistakes. But this dude, Anthony Stranges, this dude deserves the beatdown of a century. Right. Let's total, get him. Total trash guy. I mean, like I, I can say that confidently. And just as manipulative and coercive as, as you can possibly think of. Um, so that's why I got boys. It's not just the vegan. It's the bad vegan. Bad vegan. And you're right. Because that one, I remember when we told you about that one. And yep. there's a bunch of just weird turns in it. And you're like, what's yeah. happening here? And and I also feel there's like a theme with a lot of these documentaries of like men tricking swindling or cheating other yep. people usually women there's a lot of them out there then and, and it's just like for sure. you, if you read the news story about it you're like why would you fall for that and then you watch the documentary and you're like oh okay this guy was super manipulative like yeah yep. absolutely punch that guy right in the dick <laughs> <laughs> right in the dick <laughs> all right so let's move on mr b's number three so for everyone out there I my list was like twenty deep. There were so many good ones just in this small amount of time. But I'm gonna go with and a lot of times I looked at like production value and how they put it together. Like you guys have seen some of these documentaries where they keep like repeating themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, you just said that 20 minutes ago. And so those ones drive me nuts. But this one I thought was done really well. Also, I believe uh Big Nick and a captain covered this on True Crime Garage. Um, but my number three will be American Murder, The Family Next Door. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. that, was the, that was the case of the 2018 Watts family murders, which took place in uh, Frederick, Colorado. Yep. You guys remember Chris Watts? And they, they show a lot of the police footage of like seeing him right after it happened. He's just calm and chill and like, like dude, yeah. you, you just killed your wife and two daughters and very young daughters. Oh my god! So that one—I mean, it was—it was even tough for me to watch. Like, but just I loved how they put it together. That one came out in September thirtieth, twenty twenty. That one is the Netflix one as well. But yeah. um, that one's just a one-parter. So it's—I think it was eighty-five minutes or eighty-two minutes or something. Yeah. But just I thought it was done really well. Um, just terrifying that somebody could do that, and then a lot of twists and turns that happened towards the end of it with why he did it and why he didn't. So, yeah. So that one was on my honorable mention, Mr. B. Um, but I had to take it off for the simple fact that that one legitimately gave me freaking nightmares. Yeah. Like, cause you know, I've got two young kids, um, a boy and a girl and like literally made me physically nauseous and like ill watching it. But I'm also somebody who is always like, what is in these people's head that would like what could possibly drive you to do so? So it's almost like a car accident. You can't look away because you're like, what in the world would drive somebody to be that sick and perverted and, and just like 
a horrible, horrible human being. Um, but that was really well done. And that was one they had a lot of like body cam footage and uh, interviews, um, you know, afterwards. And it, it was really well done. So I can definitely see why that one made your list. Yeah. Well, and it, it came out during the COVID year. And I don't know when they actually, the production of this one took place. But from, I like what you said, Mr. B, about, you know, you, some of this is production value, how things look, how things turn out, the final product. And with this one, what intrigued me about it was the way that they presented the story. There was no traditional narrator. There was not like reenactments. It was all done through uh, neighborhood camera footage and security yep. camera footage and police interviews and, and text messages. They would put the full text message up on the screen. And the only narration really was that there might be somebody reading some of those text messages. And I, I don't know if they if they did it that way to be creative or if they did it that way to answer to have a solution to how do we continue to put out uh, TV shows, documentaries, and movies during COVID when we're not, nobody's allowed to get together to film anything. Oh, I didn't, and I didn't even think about that big Nick. Good point. And if you see a lot of the, the shorter 40 minute deals that are coming out these days in 2023, you're getting similar types of telling that same, you know, telling different stories in that way where you don't really have any reenactments. You don't have the traditional narrator and you're putting everything that of, of a collective of information using phones and all the technology that we currently have to tell the story for you. And so I thought that it was really interesting the way they did that, that case for me, the, because the uh, Metallica battery song is referenced a couple times by him and some of the lyrics of the Metallica battery song. Uh, Mark, I like I enjoyed it to say that you enjoyed the documentary is rough, yeah. right? Because, you know, yeah, the subject it, matter. It, yeah, it, like not but, enjoyed, like because it was like you it felt well good. after. It's like more it, of like you enjoyed it because it was done well, but you still are like, Ugh. it was done well. It was worth my time. I like what you said about not being repetitive, because I to me, I think that's yeah. disrespectful to the viewer. It's like I'm giving up my time to watch your product and you're just mm -hmm. going to be repeat a bunch of stuff. You're going to take, take a, a two hour story and drag it out three hours. Unnecessary. And disrespectful to me, the viewer. But yeah, I that case and <laughs> and uh, Watts, that asshole, he ruined yeah. that Metallica song for me. Like I cannot if battery comes on <laughs> on my headphones or or you know skip, yeah. skip. I cannot listen to that song anymore. Yeah, yeah, dude. That like I said, man. That one, that one kind of like like I came upstairs. I remember I watched it. It was, and my wife was in bed upstairs. I knew she wouldn't want to watch it. She's not that into the, the true crime stuff. And I went upstairs and I remember her being like, are you okay? Like she could like physically see it on my face that like how, how, how disturbed I was yeah. and like how like mentally it just, it, especially like as they start to get into the detail of what really happened, like you said, Mr. B, it, it's, it's dark. It's, sick. it's yeah. very dark. Like I, I can't even fathom. Like I really can't even fathom. So yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I'll yeah. say that. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yes. Right in the Thank ass. You, Mark. Amen. <laughs> All right. So he got his ass kicked in prison. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to our number two. Big Nick, your number two true crime documentary from 2022. 
present. So my number two, and this is similar format. It came out in a season form. This was three episodes. I believe these episodes ended up being closer, if not right around the hour long mark. But the title of this docu-series is The Murders That Starved Rock. And this one came out, I don't have the date right in front of me. I believe it was 2020 or 2021. And The Murders That Starved Rock, if you want to tune in and watch that, you can watch it on Max, which is the streaming service for HBO. So this was an HBO production. And it's three episodes. And it's about the real life case from 1960 when three women were murdered in one single act uh, in Starved Rock State Park in Illinois. And they arrested a man back then after an investigation, and he served 60 years in prison. And after so he's found guilty. But after he's released, he's attempting to clear his name of these murders. And so it's a reinvestigation of this case, looking back six decades later to see if he was actually the person responsible. And this is one of those situations where in this county in Illinois, you could walk down the street and ask 10 people and probably get five answers for guilty, five answers for not guilty. Mm. So there's a lot of gray area, if you will. And one thing that's really interesting is the the documentary not only centers around the accused killer who served six decades in prison, but even more so at the center is the prosecutor's son who questions the guilt of the man who was accused. So he's, Mm. he's kind of the narrator for most of it. And it, it, Mm -hmm. it centers around his investigation. So I loved this one because this is one that really made the old big Nick brain work overtime, baby. I was really thinking long and hard on this one. And I, I, I found it incredibly uh, entertaining for that reason. What yeah. was the name of this one again? Big Nick murders at the murders Rock. at starved rock. Starved rock. Yeah. I see, that's another one I haven't seen. So I'm going to, I saw good recommendations. I, I watched that one, big Nick and you hit it spot on buddy. That one it's was a three hour tour. Yeah, and and I love that they're doing that because instead of just doing a three-hour movie or cutting it short, they're like, no, this this is going to take three episodes. You can break it up so you don't have to watch it all in one sitting. But it was it was done really well, and you're right; it kind of it gets the brain kind of working overtime. Well, and on like an emotional level, this might sound weird to some people, but I have a tendency to enjoy the older cases. Because they're so far in the rearview mirror that it, it almost like I can disassociate with them. Like it, it's almost like looking at a piece of fiction. And so I, but one thing I love though too is the is the vintage the vintage material that you see in this type of documentary where you're you're getting they're showing you pictures from 1960. They're showing you pictures of the crime scene. They're showing you pictures of the area and how how the people look today. And how they looked back in 1960. Right. And so I, I love that angle of it, too. So I found this one incredibly entertaining. Quality pick, buddy. And you, and that one, I, I think it might still be on the, is it HBO Max? I don't know if it's still up there, yep. but um, yeah, that was a great so, one. I want to go watch it. Yeah. Quality pick, the murders at Starved Rock. All right, Marcus, your number two. 
true crime documentary from 2020 to present. All right. So number two, this is a one that was released this year, boys. This came out in 2023. Um, back in February, there was actually a season two that was just released back at the end of September. And that would be the Murdaugh murders. Oh, scandal. Yes. Good pick. This one to me in the same realm of, I feel like they took their time with it. Um, there may have been a little bit of repetitiveness at certain spots, but I don't think it was overly done. Um, but overall, I feel like they, they took their time to really lay out the case of what happened initially with the son of the Murdaugh family. Um, and what happened to one of the girls, Mallory, who got into a boat accident with the son. Yep. Um, I feel like they just, they did a really good job of kind of moving it along. And then I love that they came back with a season two, you know, seven months later and gave updates on the court stuff. Because with a lot of these, you always wonder like, okay, then what? Right, they end, and you're like, "Well, now what happened? Where where is that person now? What's what's going yeah, on?" Yeah, because season two came out just here in September 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to me, this is if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth watching. Um, a lot yeah. of family drama, interesting with like a small town kind of feel, you know, that they had going on, and kind of the repercussions of a well-known family being caught up in in this scandal. Plus, also Big Nick wasn't this also covered on True Crime Garage? Yeah, I I think we did at the very least we did two episodes, but this is a case that you could spend a good 10 12 hours talking mm -hmm. about. And, yeah. And of course we we covered it uh before the outcome of the trial. So this is mm -hmm. a, a very bizarre case, a very bizarre uh criminal, the the father, the accused and then very bizarre family in general. Uh Yeah, so weird. Yeah, I, I think season two does a good job of really getting into the details, which is what I appreciated, um, where you can visually start to kind of piece some things together. So, yeah, yeah, really, really well done. And that was my number four, buddy. So we're, we're on the go. same page of knowing what's I good. So, yeah, and that, I, I agree. That was done really well. There were some parts where you're like, all right, you're repeating yourself. But yep. um, it just it covered it in just such a weird case. Oh, yeah. A lot of oddity. Yeah. All right. So Marcus got the Murdaugh murders, a Southern scandal. All right. So Mr. B is going to go kind of weird because that's what I do. And the only reason why is because this one came out like at the peak of um, COVID. And I'm going to go with Tiger King. Tiger uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the only reason I'm going to say it is because so even when it came out and I'm watching it, my wife's like, what are you watching? I was like, I don't know, but I can't stop watching it. I have no idea. There's so is. much weird stuff happening here. There's tigers and this guy's like talking about gay stuff and like he's jumping around and this guy shot himself in the head and lions and tigers and bears. Oh it my. was so weird, but it was just, I mean, I felt like it was done well, even though it was the weirdest yeah. documentary I've ever seen in my entire life. I couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Well, just, you you just said what every person that enjoyed that <laughs> documentary said to me. They're like, I, 
it's like a guilty pleasure, right? Like it's something yeah. that, you know, I like, I probably, there could be better use of my time, but what the hell this is entertaining. And it's got, it's, it's got my interest for whatever reason. And I've, I've managed to avoid it. Um, but a lot of people that I know, like, and respect had high praise for the entertainment value of that documentary. And I, I would be one, but I would hope you'd respect yeah. me. And it, again, it came out March 20th. And I remember like the COVID craziness started like March 16th ish. And it was like, yeah. all right, things are shutting down. So I was like, well, what are we going to do? I'm going to watch this documentary. And God, it, God, it's weird. And I, I wish I could take my time back from it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I watched it. I- <laughs> I remember the summer of 2020, and I remember hearing many people saying, well, there's only two things that you can watch on TV this year because of COVID. It's either The Last Dance or Tiger King. Those are the only two good (laughs) options on TV this year because we had no sports. We had no sports. Yeah. Yeah. And I even like even when we were I had the research team doing the stuff and I was like, do I really want to put the Tiger King on my list? I was like, damn it. I do. (laughs) <laughs> so most people have at least heard of it if you haven't seen it it's oh, yeah. it's entertaining it's weird it's all over the place there's definitely some true crime aspects to it but i think they can. came out the season two of that as well didn't they, they did they did like a follow-up thing and then there's like a yeah. bunch of like spin-offs like with the other people that were in it i never watched any of those other ones yeah. like but God is yeah, weird. I think in the first episode, I was literally thinking to myself, like, what am I doing? Yeah. It's like when you watch a reality TV show and you're like, am I really doing this right and now? Then, and then you're like, I might as well watch the next episode. But yeah, you might as well see um, what's going on. I mean, you know. Oh, and then I might as well watch the next episode. <laughs> then what happened? <laughs> yeah. So Tiger King, unfortunately, is Mr. B's number two pick. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the, the heavy, heavy hitters here. Mark, or excuse me, Big Nick. Your number one true crime documentary of 2020. Uh, it brings me great pleasure to present this one to all the big kids out there and big kid listener land. My number one pick <laughs> is called A Wilderness of Error. It was a five-part series that premiered in September of 2020 on FX. And the reason why it brings me great pleasure to present this to everybody, A Wilderness of Error, it's about the Jeffrey McDonald case, uh, which is an old case from 1970 out of North Carolina. But that doesn't bring me the pleasure. The pleasure is that the, the documentarian is a person who I admire, I respect. I think he's probably one of the most brilliant men that I follow. His name is Earl Morris. And in fact, uh, when when my book came out, uh, The Delphi Murders, The Quest to Find the Man on the Bridge, I was hoping and praying that Earl Morris would call me up or send me an email and said, <laughs> I want to make your book into a documentary. But that has not happened yet. It has not happened not yet. yet. Not but yet. Not yet. Um, This gentleman here, I love the way that he films everything. And we're going to go back to an old documentary that he did in 1988 called The Thin Blue Line. Oh, yes, buddy. Yeah. So I think is probably the greatest true crime documentary of all time. And in my humble garage opinion, The Thin Blue Line. So what is so interesting about The Thin Blue Line is 
it received a whole bunch of awards and Roger Ebert gave it like three and a half out of four stars, but it, it received negative uh, reactment from critics because of the use of reenactments. Now think about that for a minute. They, I know they criticized it for using reenactments in a true crime documentary. Damn near all true crime documentaries are reenactments today yeah. because of how well he did the thin blue line. He was just the and first one to do it. So he probably looked like a weirdo or whatever, but he was you know, one of the pioneers and, and the reenactments in the a wilderness of error. It, it, one, it's a fascinating case. Uh, it's the Jeffrey McDonald fatal vision case. Uh, he's accused of killing his entire family, like Christopher Watts. And this man was acquitted and also found guilty. So there's an element of unsolved in, in the case, even though it's adjudicated. But again, my love for Earl Morris uh, in, in the way he films things and the way he chooses to present things in an unconventional conventional manner I have so much respect for this guy's work. You know, what's funny is currently the Chipotle commercials. Those are Earl Morris. Um, he doesn't stay. Dude, what? He does. Yeah. He doesn't stay strictly in the true crime world. He does. He does documentaries about anything, like whatever piques his interest. And currently he's doing the Chipotle commercials, um, you know, where they show like, I, I, bet, the, I bet he's doing it just for free burritos. Possibly. That that walk that guacamole is fantastic. So it, mm-hmm. the, the one where she's stirring up the guacamole and she's talking, and uh, and then the one where they're like they're, that one. they're cooking the uh, the uh, chicken on the grill. Here's the thing though: she states in there, she's like on the Chipotle commercial, she's like everything we make is fresh. Yeah, we don't have freezers. And I'm sitting there thinking, of like with all the problems Chipotle has had, they should probably get yeah, some freezers. They should they should <laughs> freezers might be a good idea, hey. Chipotle. Hey, reference back. Let's do them. (laughs) (laughs) Good pick. And and Big Nick, I think I saw that one, too. It's it's been a while, but that was another great one. And you're right. That is it Errol Morris or is it E-R-R-O-L? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. And so uh, it's a five-part series that was on FX. I I imagine if you have some streaming service that has FX or... Uh, I think Hulu might be an FX one, right? Uh, yes, I think I think I saw it on Hulu, but yeah, that one was done really well too. Errol so. Morris, um, uh, but anyway, I I find him to be quite fascinating. This one's weird because he was he's completely obsessed with this case, and so he's filming himself being asked questions about the case throughout the documentary. So he kind of inserted himself into the documentary. And I, I I can't say enough good things about this one or enough good things about him. Hey, so you've heard it here. Big Nick, true crime guy. He, he knows a little bit about it. A wilderness of air. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Mark, you are up for your number. Can you top a wilderness of air? Or so, can, you, can you top Tiger King? Big Nick swept me. I three of them I haven't seen. I haven't seen any Big Nicks, and I love his suggestions. So I've got three new things to go look up and uh, and go check out. Hey, time to neglect your family and go watch That's some documentaries. Right. <laughs> Doing something. So I think this is this is a pretty good one. So I this one I kind of stumbled upon. This was on HBO, um, 
And I believe this one came out um, back in 2020 as well. It was a seven part series. Whoa. So seven episodes total. Um, And I know Big Dick's familiar with this case, but it's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yes. Is the name of the documentary. And it's based around the Golden State Killer. Uh, also known as the East Area Rapist and the original Night Stalker. This guy is one of the reasons I started boarding up my sliding door in the back of my house. <laughs> I mean, just a creepy premise and, and so much carnage that this guy put put out there. Um, kind of crazy as it went through. And, and I love the fact that it was seven episodes because... I felt like there was very little carryover from episode to episode and it, it was always moving forward, but they took their time with it. You could tell they took their time and they, they've really fully fleshed everything out. Um, you know, to have seven episodes is, is quite a bit. I mean, that's, that's a lot of episodes, but, um, but if you've not seen it, I I believe it's still on HBO max now, Um, but I'll be gone in the dark. Just a fascinating, fascinating thing. Um, it, Marcus, was that the one that uh, involved, was it Patton Oswald's wife? That's right. Yeah. So Patton Oswald, his wife. Away. Yeah. So um, Michelle McNamara was yeah. her name. And she basically was writing a book about it. Yeah. She was like uh, almost McNamara. Yeah. McNamara. Thank you. Um, yeah. So she was writing a book about it. And obviously was under a lot of pressure. I won't go into the details. Watch the series. You'll get more details on it. But um, but yeah, I think Patton Oswalt's one of the one that kind of helped push the series out and get it promoted and get, you know, and ultimately it's one of those happy ending in the ends as much as you can have a happy ending for, for something like this and as, as brutal as this was. But um, crazy to me how long this guy was out there before they found him. Exactly. I mean, that, that was one of the, I think the, the most intriguing things about the series was the fact that the dude was still out there after so many years. I mean, this was back in the seventies and eighties in California. So, um, but yeah, couldn't, couldn't recommend it more easy. Number one for me, I'll be gone in the dark, lock your doors and learn how to headbutt. That's right. Quality pick, man. And now, Mark, that was my number five, buddy. So yeah, we're on the same page. All right, so let's move on to Mr. Beast number one. I'm sure we're going to have some, uh, you know, honorable mentions here. But the reason why I picked this one is because I just I love the story behind it. Um, it was one that as I watched it, it this was a four part episode. It was uh, called Wild Crime Murder in the Rocky Mountains. Hmm. Another one I know, and Big Nick's looking at me confused. So, um, I this is this one's available on Hulu. It came out September twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. The premise is episode one. Uh, this guy calls nine one one. He's like, my wife fell off this uh, cliff. Well, it's oh, kind of determined that he pushed her, and then as the episodes ensue, you start to learn about this guy and his manipulative behavior, and then. He had another wife that died under suspicious circumstances. And wow. So just like it kept going with the like intrigue. And so that's why I loved it. It was just awesome. Like 
Actually, awesome. I, I rewatched it recently just because I was like, I was like, do I really want this to be my number one? But I thought it was done so well. And then it, it's it's an ABC News thing that's on Hulu. And there's actually a Wild Crime season two, which is a whole separate case. But mm. I'm talking about Wild Crime, Murder in the Rocky Mountains season number one. But Big Nick, you would love this because they show a lot of the detective work. So because it was done on a, a what am I working, looking for here? Federal land. Like they only have so many special agents to like res- that are responsible for public land. Yeah. So like, like it's literally this, this case fell on like one woman and she was like, all right, I'm going to have to solve this thing. You know, and wow. obviously the FBI got involved or FBI, excuse me. But it just, I love to see like their process of like, like taking photos and doing measurements and like, yeah. this, this doesn't make any sense. And so the, Detective work, Big Nick would really love. Very oh, nice. and that's yeah. my favorite part of these things. Like I, yeah, I, people were, you know, why are you so into true crime? It's not necessarily the the the, the crimes themselves. Me, I'm more intrigued by the investigation and the police strategy and things of that. Especially when there's a manhunt or an unidentified killer on the loose. Same, and that, and that and that's why I love this one because it's. I mean, obviously. The crimes are scary, but you get into this backstory and then you get into how they're solving it and putting this case together to finally taking this guy to trial. And then, again, no spoiler alerts, we'll let you watch it. But I just thought that one was amazing. So very nice. I'm yeah. adding that to my list. Yeah. Like Wild it. crime, murder in the Rocky Mountains. Heck yeah. All right. Honorable mentions. I know we got a couple at least. Yeah, I just have one because you took one of my other ones, uh, much deservedly. Um, so I had American Manhunt, the Boston Marathon bombing. That was a angering <laughs> but very fascinating look at what went down with uh, the Boston Marathon bombing. Obviously, a, a crazy tragic event uh, that took place, but again kind of the hunt for uh, the Sarnayev brothers and, and kind of how everything went down, just just really, really well put together. Uh, it really, I feel like, covered all the bases. So, Quality pick. Big Nick, you got a couple? So, actually, Mark, like that one for me was weird because I really wanted that to be in my top three because I really enjoyed that one. Like the, the yep. way that they kind of dissected and had to figure out who were the persons responsible in this loud, this route, sorry, mm-hmm. large crowd of people. Um, they knew that the persons had to be there at some point to physically place the bombs. And then the manhunt itself was crazy because they, at some point become they're on the run and they're actively like fighting back and retaliating against yeah. the police force who uh, is swarming in on them and, ch- and trying to hone in on their every move. And so the the case itself in the manhunt, a very intriguing, very heartbreaking case, obviously. But the reason why it got nudged out to to what would be my fourth spot is that I think it was A and E that did did such a similar presentation years ago that was prior to twenty twenty. That when this Netflix one came out, I watched it and I I mean I was I was very excited that it came out because I don't know why I'm drawn to that case for some reason. 
Uh, I actually do know, but it's too long to go into here. But the the thing is, though, when watching it, I struggled because I was like, am I just watching the one that I watched four years ago? Like it was, it was (laughs) very close to what I had recalled from the previous presentation, but it was very well done. If you've not seen either one, I recommend both of those big time. Uh, And that one was Netflix, right? Yes. Netflix, American manhunt, the Boston marathon bombing. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's some of these cases where they're redone, like the Murdoch murders, uh, Murda or whatever. There was another one that was done on a different uh, streaming service. Yeah. So like again, when the case is yeah. big enough, they kind of copycat. But I, I, I had a couple honorable mentions I want to throw out there. There's one called uh, "Girl in the Picture." Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen that on there, but I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, that that one's on Netflix. That one was done really well. That one yeah. was tough for me to not put on my list. Um, also, Big Nick, I think you guys might have covered part of this. On True Crime Garage, uh, crime scene, the Texas killing fields. Oh, yes. that was a great one. That one was done really well. I, I, mean, that one I forgot about that one. Yeah, that that's completely worth your time to watch. And then last one I'll throw just because it just angers me. But uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich on Netflix. Yeah, that one makes me want to punch the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's always my thought. It's like, like, I almost want to punch something. It's like, it, it clearly is good, but it also made me angry. So. Yeah. All right. Yes, they you guys will. got any little little last little tidbits before we get out of here? Because uh, I feel like we we hit everyone with a bunch of knowledge here for true crime garage documentaries. God, I think I'm true I crime garage. <laughs> I think I'm ready to go around watch uh, some new true crime that you boys recommended. I I like it. I think we nailed it. Nailed it, buddy. All right. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Go check these out. Big Nick gave you some tips. Mark gave you some tips. Mister B gave you some tips. We love uh, true crime documentaries, and we are Big Kid Show. See you next week. Bye.